I mentioned last week that we start the Easter season with the first two Sundays of Easter of seeing the resurrected Christ come to the bunkered down apostles in the upper room. We saw that last week Jesus is very deliberate in drawing attention to his wounds. And we saw that last week, of course, Thomas sticking his finger into the side of Jesus. And that was happened a week after Easter. The account that we hear from today in Luke's gospel is Easter Sunday morning. So Jesus appeared two times in the upper room. This one in Luke is the first time on Easter Sunday. And yet again, what we see is Jesus is quick to say, look at my hands, touch them, see the wounds. As I shared last week, St. Thomas Aquinas gives five reasons on why it is that the resurrected Christ continues to have his wounds. We looked at three last week, so a big part of me wants to just do a pop quiz right now to see if we can remember what those three reasons were last week, but we won't do the pop quiz. We'll just do a quick reminder, right? The one is Jesus continues to have his wounds so as to plead on our behalf to the Father, right? On judgment day, there's the Father. There we are, Jesus in the middle, saying, look at my wounds. When you see their sins, look here. Remember what it is that I've done and accomplished with my death on the cross. And secondly, Jesus keeps his wounds. Thomas Aquinas says might be that he keeps it as a badge of honor, a trophy of his victory, walks around continually able to mock Satan by saying, you thought you won that day, but you didn't. And for us, being able to look back, to look at our scars, not, not as holding up our, our sins as a badge of honor, but to hold up of what it is that Christ did for us. We can look at it and say, he restored me, he saved me, he delivered me. And then lastly, those Jesus continuing to have the wounds points to the fact of saying no to counterfeit mercy. His wounds, the glorified Lord, continues to have the wounds so as to say, so as to, to, to guard the integrity of mercy, to look at the seriousness of sin. His wounds remain. So it leaves two more, two more reasons that Thomas Aquinas gives. We're just going to look at one more today. If you want to know that fifth, you'll just look up on your own. So that fourth reason, Thomas Aquinas says, the resurrected Christ continues to have his wounds so as to confirm and strengthen the hearts of the disciples as to the faith of his resurrection. So it's more of a, a practical reason so as to increase their faith of that this really happened. All right, so Jesus even points to that fact of saying, like, this isn't a ghost. He takes a step further in verses 41 and 42. He says, he asked the question, have you anything to eat? And they gave him a piece of baked fish, and he took it and ate it in front of them. To so badly wanting to confirm in the hearts of those in the upper room and strengthen them of the resurrection, that this is him before him. So I translate this fourth way and Jesus eating and in front of them, translate it like this. Guys, this is really me. The resurrection really happened. So it's time to come out of hiding now and stop acting like a loser. Because up until this point, they've been hiding out and they've been acting as if they've lost. They're hiding out because they're scared. It's, it's hostile towards them. They've locked the doors. They're huddled up with fear that maybe 
what happened to their leader, Jesus, who they silenced by killing him, that maybe what's going to happen, what happened to him, they're going to come and silence us. And they're thinking that they've lost everything that they've left behind to follow this guy for three years. Now he's dead. They think game's over. And because of all of that, they're hiding. And Jesus then shows his glorious wounds to strengthen their faith in the resurrection is to say, now it's time to come out of hiding. If you've noticed, the hus- if you've noticed for us, as it was hostile for those apostles in the upper room of out there being silenced, in many ways, it's also hostile more and more so for us Christians today. A new Gallup poll came out two weeks ago measuring church membership in the U.S. And Gallup has been measuring church membership now since the 1930s. And if you were to Google and look at the the findings, you'd see that from 1930 to 2000, the line is pretty pretty straight. It's remained just around 70% of Americans would claim church membership. As soon as 2000 hit, As soon as the year 2000 hits, you see that line just fall off the cliff. And now this year, the first year where we're at under 50%, we're at 40% of Americans now, 47% of Americans claim church membership. So more Americans now deny church membership than claim it. I think the headline that I saw is America is now a pagan country. America is getting more and more faithless and more irreligious than it ever has been before. Which makes it harder for us. It's, it's, it's getting more, the world's getting more and more hostile towards us. Towards the church and the, towards the church's teachings. And it's important to say when we say the world's getting more hostile to the church and its teachings, it's not just like some kind of abstract world out there that's happening. No, it's it's. When we say world, it's, it's our friends, conversations with friends, conversations we hear in the hallway or at our locker or as we're changing in the locker room, conversations with our neighbors outside as our kids are playing together outside and conversations against Christian principles, conversations with coworkers at the water cooler or at the desk. It means it's getting harder. It's getting harder for parents to raise children today. It's getting harder for you in junior high or in high school or in college. And it's easier to slip into now this prevailing secular worldview and to not hold on to gospel truths and announce the truth of the gospel. John Paul II, in one of his visits to the United States during his pontificate, he was speaking at Camden Yards, Baltimore, or the Orioles Park, and he said this, America has always wanted to be a land of the free. Today, the challenge facing America, and he said this in, in 1995, so 25 years ago, today the challenge facing America is to find freedom's fulfillment in the truth, the truth that is intrinsic to human life, creating God's image and likeness. The truth that is written in the human heart. The truth that can be known by reason. He goes on to say, democracy cannot be sustained without a shared commitment to certain moral truths about the human person and human community. 
In a pagan nation now, that's at risk. Never before have we questioned moral truths and questions that, that we're questioning today, things of which that we've always held. Society cannot exclude moral truths and moral reasoning. It, it cannot be sustained. So as Jesus told the apostles that day, as they're hunkered down in the, in the upper room, he tells us today, it's time to come out of hiding. Not to be ashamed about being Catholic, or more so, not to be ashamed about being robustly Catholic. Not Catholic of just, I come to Mass on Sunday, I wear, I wear a cross around my neck. But to be robustly Catholic is what our culture needs from us. Not a, a wishy-washy Catholicism. Because a wishy-washy Catholicism at the end of the day is not helpful because it ends up looking too much like the world of a, of a relativistic view of, of truth. That's so, why, well, I, I, I know maybe the church says this, but like this is, this is just true for me. That ends up looking too much like the world. And so being robustly Catholic is what's needed. John Paul II John Paul II said the truth can be known by reason. So if, so if I'm even here this morning, and if I wouldn't maybe say that I'm robustly Catholic, then study. Study. Study the issue maybe that I, maybe I disagree with, that I'm not in line with the church with. I dialogue and, and talk with a number of you on different things. That's, that's a good thing. That shows that you're seeking truth and asking questions. That's good. But today, with information at our fingertips, I mean, let alone books that are easily accessible or YouTube now, podcasts, any questions that we have, we can so easily find the answer, and not just the answer, but the reason why, so as to be robustly Catholic and to not be ashamed of being robustly Catholic. Knowledge and reason is needed for us to come out of hiding, but knowledge of our faith is not enough by itself. Courage is needed. Courage is doing good, doing the right thing, even in the face when it brings about pain or suffering to me. Maybe losing a friend, losing my job. If there's a virtue that's lacking more in our culture and our society today, more than more than courage. I don't know what it is. From inside the church and outside the church, we need men and women of courage to say, like, I know what is good, I know what's right, and I'm able to follow it. Because if I'm not courageous, especially in our, in our culture today, if I'm not courageous, then I can know what's right, but I'm not able to follow it. I'm not able to act on it. And it ends up resorting to going into hiding, which the apostles were because they had a lack of courage. Before the Spirit came on Pentecost, even looking at Peter today in our first reading today, and he just boldly proclaims the gospel. He's a different man before Pentecost and after Pentecost than when he received the Spirit. And today we hear him in the first reading, he's able to get up and to say, you who put to death the author of life, and able to offer them and say, repent. Change of hearts. That's preaching the gospel in truth, but with love and charity. 
Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 says, The Spirit of God has not given us a cowardly spirit. Therefore, never be ashamed of your testimony of the Lord. The resurrected Christ keeps his wounds. He's quick to draw attention to them, to confirm and strengthen our hearts in the truth of the resurrection, to not be afraid to announce the gospel. So to us today, Christ saying to us, look at my glorious wounds. Aren't they glorious? It's time to come out of hiding, not to win arguments in a self-righteous way, but to win hearts for people who are struggling, who are hurting, who are despairing because they have not yet seen, they do not yet know about his glorious wounds.